video games were made to be played. Don't play yours? We know some people who will. We are Get Well Gamers, a charity who take your unwanted video games and consoles to give to children's hospitals and wards across the UK. Donating is super easy. Just head over to our website, getwellgamers.org.uk, to fill out our online donation form. You've played the hero, now be the hero. And welcome to another episode of the Pure Dead Gaming Podcast. I'm Jessica and I have with me Pure Dead Craig. Hello. Hello. And also, as the podcast title alludes to, we are very excited to have Matt Larrabee joining us later, who is the developer and creator of first-person shooter Severed Steel, which was released on consoles last week. So stay tuned for that. There has been very little news to speak of outside of Ubisoft, but we will do our best this week to keep you up to date with the world of gaming. There's also a fresh entry into the bin, a new Pure Dead Platinum, and we review this week's chosen film, War Games, from way back when, 1983. If you are new around here and are a fan of games and nonsense, then you have come to the right place to fill your ears with just that. If you want more, then head over to puredeadgaming.com for more written content and all the relevant links you will need to keep up to date with all the stuff we talk about. And with that said, hello Craig. Hello Jessica. How are you? Good. I think we've had this conversation already today. We are, if you don't know, a couple. Soon yeah. to be married couple. Yeah, we do live together. I, yeah. do, I do ask you questions off air. Yeah. From time to time. Sometimes. Sometimes. But you're well. I mean, I'm currently sat with a travel pillow around my neck because I've got a um, trapped nerve, apparently. Yeah, when I first looked up there, I forgot you had it on. I was like, you're looking very professional tonight. It almost looked like you had the big headphones on, like you were actually ready for this. But no, it's just a travel pillow. Yeah, I mean, it's not really even what you're meant to do when you've got a trapped nerve. But I just, it's the comfort. I feel like I need the comfort. Not travelling yeah. anywhere, sat on my couch. But... You're like one of those people that walks down the street wearing armbands. Have you ever seen somebody walking down the street wearing armbands? Yes. <laughs> Have you? Yes. <laughs> Special individuals. I saw um, on our local police Facebook page that they're on the hunt for a nudist at the weekend. There was a report of a, a nudist. Whereabouts? Irvine. <laughs> Course. Of the, course. At the beach there was a, they obviously got a phone call and then went down, he was nowhere to be found. They put his description and asked for anyone to come We're looking forward. for a cock. Yeah, a naked man. I mean, the beach must have been pretty busy. Yeah. So was he just running about naked? Indecent exposure was the term used, so So he probably just took a piss and they're trying to turn it into a fucking manhunt. I mean it is something to be fair, he probably was running about windmilling folk. <laughs> Let's be honest, not the most upstanding of citizens. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's summer, so, you know, taps off kind of weather, but I don't know. Like about taps off. Bottoms off. <laughs> exactly. Uh, well, it wasn't me, I can confirm. Right. It was not in... I don't think you matched the description, to be fair. So. Did they not talk about, like, a hard-bodied individual? <laughs> no, not... but you're not that anyway. 
I can come over there. Right. Okay. Um. Yeah, I'm just, I'm just trying to hang on to my sanity one string at a time. I nearly lost it the other day, right enough, though. I was, as you'll know, I've said many times, I like to listen to podcasts while I work. And I was at work one of the days last week. And one of my favourite genres of podcasts is true crime. Mm -hmm. So I'd started listening to a new podcast that is called The Execution of Bonnie Lee Bakley, which is a very famous case, apparently. I'd never heard of it. It was only a six-parter, no, seven-parter. And I thought, that's easy, easily digestible. Each episode's about 45 minutes. Whack through that. And it's made by a company called Wondery. And what they tend to do is they, they present these sort of episodes, like, different from a lot of true crime things, because they go into, like, great detail. And it's detail that is almost implausible. Like, they will have... They'll tell it in such a sort of story-rich format where they'll be like, and Bonnie got off the off the phone and she straight away phoned her other friend and they talked about this and that. And it's the like, you're like, there's no way you know what these... I mean, fair enough, you might have phone records that say she phoned this person, but there's no way you know what the full conversation was. Mm. So about halfway through the first episode, I was like, is this not true crime? Is this a drama? Because you do get some that are dramas. Yeah, But it's just like a fictional story. And it was such an in-depth story that I was like, I think this is maybe just a drama, which would lose interest for me at that point. So I went over to my desk and searched the computer to see if this is a real person that's died. And uh, one of the girls was in that was working as well. And I, I just talked to her and I said, I'm listening to this true crime podcast. It's about... Um, Bonnie Lee Bakley and I, I said I, I just I'm listening to it and it's really in depth I'm just not sure if it's real or not and she was like oh no that is aye, that is a real story it was mm, that did it yeah aye <laughs> and I was just looking at us staring at a hole in her I'm just like, like I couldn't be nasty to this woman if I tried so I was just staring at her being like are you fucking kidding me she's just spoiled the I'm like whole story I'm like 15 minutes into episode one <laughs> and she's like oh I asked someone where such and such did it and I never said anything because I, I didn't want to upset her, but she must have been able to tell from my face <laughs> that must have been a picture. And I was just yeah. like, fuck. I mean, it happens from time to time. Stuff does get spoiled, but and that's unintentionally. But yeah, it's annoying when you get folk online that deliberately spoil stuff, especially with games and endings and stuff. Yeah, and... I, she wasn't doing it intentionally. Um, so she's not getting nominated for the bin for it, right. and I don't think she's a listener. She doesn't seem like a gamer, but um, but yeah, not pleased, not pleased. Although it was good, I, I finished the seven episodes. Can say that I would recommend it. Uh, she was the wife of a famous movie actor, and this happened back in two thousand and one. And seemingly, I mean, I, I say she ruined it. A lot of people apparently know the story. I mean, I figure I'm pretty up on true crime but I'd never heard this but mm. no it was really interesting yeah what was the name of the podcast again the execution of Bonnie Lee Bakley okay yeah well if you want to check that out you can do so obviously after you listen to all our episodes every single one five star on every platform but I'll hunt you <laughs> I'll hunt you more media we, we've consumed we watched The Grey Man yeah, on Netflix that was good. Netflix's biggest ever budget action film I think it was oh was it Apparently so, yeah. They decided to go balls out to try and sort of capture that Bourne slash James Bond market, apparently. 
But I, I find like so this is what I read online that it was the biggest budget. But I find that a little bit strange because we watched a few months ago Red Notice, which was also mm-hmm. a Netflix film. Now that had The Rock, Ryan Reynolds, and I think it was the girl that plays Wonder Woman. No idea. I can picture her face, but I have yeah. no idea what who she is. Three huge actors. Mm. I would have thought even just from the salaries, that would have been the most expensive one. And it, it was pretty high on special effects and stuff like that. But apparently this one's the most. Yeah, I mean, I, I remember... I mean, Ryan Gosling, I'm sure, isn't he cheap, but yeah. I can't imagine he costs more than The Rock. As we were or watching Ryan Reynolds, it, though, Or is it Gal Gadot? It was Gal Gadot. Yeah. Um, yeah, as we were watching it, like I feel, or I, I sort of recall saying to you, like, I wonder how they filmed all this, because there's a lot of, like, vehicle action and stunts with, like, a tram and things like that, so... And it looked all legit through a city, so if they had to, I suppose, pay to cordon off lots of streets in a city, then surely that's going to cost you quite a bit. Yeah, and sure, a castle. it could have been to do with they that. must have paid for a, like a private castle as well. Yeah, but um, what was your thoughts? I thought it was really good. I enjoyed it, yeah. I liked it. Like, It's obviously, I, I didn't realise this until I was looking into it, but apparently it's been really divisive like online. Not so much with film goers, but like the actual like critic reviews were not good like i think we've spoken about this a few times recently with different things that we've watched and like critics are just oh no it's it's not sophisticated enough no 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 there wasn't that was not the right moment for the plot twist and um it's a low iq film and all this sort of shite but like so it didn't particularly review well but in the public's eyes it's doing unbelievable like folk are really enjoying it folk are loving it and when i actually went to look it up earlier just a couple hours ago it was announced that they're making a sequel and a spin-off already because it's so popular Mm. um so yeah it's just i don't know i feel like it's happening a little bit in games but i feel like it's way more prevalent in movies just now that there just seems to be a real divide between reviewers and film goers like it seems to be happening more and more where they are just not happy like you, you see reviews come out and they're just like no no it's not good enough it's not good enough but then as soon as people actually get their hands on the film they're like i fucking liked it mm. like i don't need war and peace i want 90 minutes to two hours of fun action where I can switch my brain off and forget about the fact that I'm paying fucking £3,000 a month for Lecky and <laughs> I just want to enjoy myself. But these reviewers, like, I don't know, I feel like there's a, a real divide starting to come. Or it's certainly one that's getting bigger. So yeah, another sort of thing that we have watched but also played because it is technically a game but it almost feels like a film is as dusk falls yes yeah so this is a game that i guess you would call it like a couch co-op the way we've kind of played it like yeah i mean you could play it solo certainly you can play it online with other people as well and you'll make decisions but certainly if you have someone, I think it's ideal for for couch co op, as you say. Like, 
even if it is just one person controlling it, which is what we've done for the majority of it, like I just think that there's some real weighty decisions in it, mm-hmm. and it's been fun bouncing those, like those off each other. Yeah. Like so, it, I mean, it's it's a just like a well, a narrative adventure almost, but yeah. it's like it uses stop motion as well, which is almost it's. I mean, I, well, it's part of its selling point, but it's also that it's a real gritty. It's it's more gritty, I would say, than a lot of stories that you get. Like, it feels like it obviously deals with a lot of adult themes. Yeah, so I can, much of the kind of story revolves around a hostage situation at a motel, and then, yeah, as you might expect, like, decisions are, are pretty tough. You know, you're forced yeah. between life and death in many occasions, and it's... Um, yeah, it's interesting. I think one of the things that I really enjoyed about it, obviously, is broken up into kind of chapters. Yeah, um, six chapters. That we are, are about we've done four so far. Forty-five minutes to an hour, so it's kind of like, so I say, like it's kind of like watching like a, a show, like we normally would, but we've just kind of, you know, per night we've w- done a chapter. Um, yeah, it's like digestible episodes. Yeah, so it's really good. Um, but at the end of each one, you get like a a summary of all the all the paths that you chose, but then it shows you the percentage of other people that have played the game. Yeah. And I, f- I find that really interesting because, like, I don't know, I study psychology at a university, so, like, that kind of stuff, I don't know, I just find it really interesting. Mm. Like, um, yeah, conformity and, like, what would you do and, like, all that kind of stuff. So it is, it's, it's really interesting to kind of see the aftermath um, of yeah. your choices, I suppose. We um, actually got a question in from Ali who said... I really enjoy these storybook games, but the type of animation is really putting me off jumping in. Did you guys manage to over did you guys manage to overcome that hurdle? Yeah, I mean I'm not a fan of it, to be honest. Um But it, it is it does make it more unique and memorable, I think. Um and you do kind of with it being stop motion, like you really see their emotions on their face. If that yeah, it does, it does. It does a really good job of conveying emotion. Uh huh. Because it's paused on their face, like at a time of you know disarray mm. or whatever. Um, I really thought when we saw the the preview footage of it, like I really liked the idea, and it was supposed to be a great story. And I, I love these type of games anyway, all the Telltale games and stuff like that. Um, but I, I did think it was going to be a real problem. Like the small amount that I saw pre-release. Like I was like, this is going to give me a sore head. Mm. I really thought it was, but I mean, we are four chapters done out of six, and I would go as far to say that I'm glad it's like this. Like I wouldn't want it to be different because I like how unique it is. Mm-hmm. Like I wouldn't want every game to be like this, obviously, but I think it gives it that uniqueness, and I I don't think it detracts from it. No, and I think there's times when we're playing it that I forget it's like that, and I just you just sort of sink into it, yeah. and like I, I really I, I mean it's it's not as if the development team weren't able to do a regular like graphical job. They could. I mean, there is parts where like if someone gets into a car, the car smoothly moves away. It's not as if they did the whole thing in like fucking picture book pictures like they were obviously more than capable of doing it It was a it was a clear choice they made but i'm so impressed with it Mm. i really am like obviously depends how it ends or whatever but that could certainly sour it but at the moment like in terms of these type of narrative adventures like i would have it up there near the top for me like i'm i'm really enjoying it so far like we said don't want to get into any spoilers but 
Yeah. And obviously, like I said, it, it like it can be played like locally co-op, but there's actually an app you can download for the second person um, on your phone. So you're you're making the choices, you know, that way, much like, I mean, there's a few other games that, that do kind of similar yeah, stuff. Yeah, it's kind of like but... Playlink used to do. Remember yeah. the... Uh, when PlayStation did that for like a hot minute. Yeah. Um, and another thing, um, if you have happened to play the game, before you press start, there's a little song that comes up. It's oh, called yeah, like a PSA. It's called like Born to. I can't remember Born to Live or something about Born America. However, the tune, the melody at the beginning of the song, keeps getting stuck in my head. I'm I'm convinced that I have done a spin track like it's a spin track song so i regularly do les mills rpm if anyone else has done this which is at my local gym i've asked all my gym buddies do you recall a song that sounds like this nobody nobody knows but i'm convinced so the song is called hole in the middle by emily jane white right okay so it's something that sounds like that i think the start sounds like a johnny cash song i think it sounds like ain't no grave by johnny cash Mm -hmm. however I can't find anywhere that that's ever been a spin track that I've done. <laughs> so I don't think it's that. So I don't know. But yeah, feel free to write in and put me out of my misery and tell me that answer because it's really bugging me. See, essentially we've got the app Shazam, which if there's ever a song on, you just tap the Shazam and it tells you what the song is. Really, I mean, I don't use it that often, but when I do, it never fails, and it's a really fucking impressive... I mean, it's not as impressive as Cheezam that we once talked about. However, continue. Yeah, that's only available in France. <laughs> yeah, to right. select different types of cheeses based on a picture. Yes. Uh, oh, do you know what I also found, which I've yet to download? There's an app apparently you can get that obviously utilises your camera, and if you like hover it over Lego that you've got placed on a table... It picks out the piece, like, and tell it what piece you're looking for. It picks out the piece. That seems like it would <laughs> almost never be useful. Well, if you're doing a build and you're like, oh, I need a, you know, a two before blue. But you'd have to sit them all out individually so they went on top of each other. Well, and as soon as you do that, you'd be like, oh, that's the bit there. I do- I'm going to download it and I'll report back next week. Because right, okay. I'm a- I just saw a little clip of it and I thought, what is this? I need to investigate this. It looks really cool. Right, I want to know more about that. But what I was saying about Shazam, like it goes under the radar how impressive an app that is, because there's even like if you try to Shazam it and it's a cover of a song, it always tells you the cover artist. It's never mm, like, oh, this yeah. is just this song. Yeah. Like so, it is really impressive. But what we really need is a Shazam sounds like. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Where you like Shazam a song and then it brings up. 10 alternatives. Yeah. Could it also be this that you're thinking of? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we need that. But yeah, your Lego thing is uh, cool too, I guess. That's really bizarre. Um, Before we move on to what else we've been playing, do you see that uh, John Cena is coming to Fortnite? Didn't see him, no. Did you know that? <laughs> no, I didn't. He's going mur- to be, mur- be murdered to kill. I mean, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. The old invisibility. Mm-hmm. You can get taps on, on or taps off. So that's The Rock and John Cena now from WWE that are in Fortnite? Yep. Pretty much. I mean, I'd prefer The Rock skin. Thanks very much. I know you would, yeah. It's a shame Andy isn't here tonight because I was going to ask him, what wrestler do you want to see next? Who would you like to see? 
personally, I would like Lanny Poffo, the genius, but I don't think that's going to happen. I don't even know who that is, so... Yep. Uh, so, what else have you been playing? So, I've finished Stray. Yes. Yeah, I spoke quite at length about it last week and my enjoyment of it, but obviously I have not finished the story game. I've not done the Platinum. I'm going to leave that to you, Craig. Well, lovely. Because there's a trophy that's had absolute bollocks. Yeah, I mean, there's there's a you know timed run through. You got to do it in two hours, which I don't think is too difficult. But there is, I think it's chapter two. There is a catch me if you can. I think the trophy's called, mm. and you have to navigate through like a kind of scene and not get caught by any of the little robot bugs. Yeah, um, which I think is pretty solid, judging by what some people have said on Discord. So. I'm avoiding that. Yeah, I, I still haven't played. I haven't had a chance to play Stray. I don't know if I'll, I'll probably be a few weeks before I do, but I'm looking forward to it. Uh, I have seen a few videos of that trophy <laughs> being done, and it's like a few of them were like guides, and it's like, here's how to do it. And I'm like, I'm watching this, and it's only about a minute long, but you're like, you've been very lucky <laughs> four or five times. Like, you can call this a guide, fair enough, but it's attempt 52 of yours and then you put guide <laughs> when it's clearly fucking not yeah so i was reading that it has become the highest user rated game on steam this year so far um oh, really? so it's like a weighted list that they do like the, yeah the 250 or whatever um it's not like top of the list obviously because i think there's a lot more that goes into play but it's the, the highest user rated game on steam see that's pretty interesting because we got a question in about Stray as well from Dave and he asked how is the platforming I've been holding off on picking this up on PC because I heard it's buggy but I'm getting a PS5 soon I'm worried the cat won't feel agile no I can't answer this obviously because I haven't played it but how is the platforming or the cat forming and (laughs) does it feel agile I mean yeah like at first I was a bit unsure because like it's not like you can just freely jump you have Mm. to like wait for the prompt to come up almost but it 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 is well done in such a way that it just it does feel fluid like that's good um i think that's almost better to be fair though because i don't know like see if you were just left up to your own devices and you're just jumping about like an absolute fanny all the time like cats don't do that unless you've got a laser pen (laughs) <laughs> do you know what I mean like if you get a laser pen eye though I mean my cat will climb the walls but other than that like I don't know like my cat only makes I see my cat our cat only makes jumps only performs jumps that he can make do you know what mm-hmm. I mean mm-hmm. like other than the odd time when he falls off the couch and it's hilarious like cats are graceful creatures like that make they don't fail really yeah, with jumps and stuff yeah, yeah. like that so I feel like it's more realistic that you just you do it that way almost yeah. But it, from what I saw, it, it looked very realistic the way the cat moves and stuff oh, like that. Oh, definitely, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, I've seen also on Steam um, or like on PC, people have went in and modded like Garfield the cat or, or they've put their own cat in it and stuff like that, nice. which is very cool. Um, the mods just now on PC are awesome. They really are. Like We're only just over two weeks away from Spider-Man the Spider-Man 2018 game getting released right. on P- on PC and the mods for that are going to be incredible. Mm. They really are going to be incredible. 
like when God of War came out, it was so much fun stuff, like people putting like the Simpsons into it and stuff like that. They'd like Homer and Bart as the uh, as uh, the two main characters, obviously. Uh, and then they had so it's not really a spoiler, but at the beginning there's a guy that comes after you, and it was Flanders. And so you've got like Kratos and Atreus, and then you've got yeah, and he opens the door, and in the game, like I'm actually replaying the game at the moment, and he goes to the door and he says something like, "Oh, we're not home or whatever," but he opens the door and it's fucking Flanders, and he's just trying to get in and stuff. It's so good, it's so good. Someone's modded Hit and Run as well and made it like, like the TV show, like cartoonized it. Oh really? Yeah, it looks pretty cool. That's so cool. I need to go on that. I need to do more with PC mods. Like, yeah. I don't know, I see them and I, I just don't get the time to install them and use them. Like, I did a bit with Sifu, to be fair, but that was the last. Mm. And I, I definitely want to make sure I do it with Spider-Man and, and we should do it with Stray as well, because that sounds cool. Yeah. Yeah, I suppose just to kind of wrap things up on Stray, like, I don't know, I just think it's a really charming game. Um, you know, it's a you're a cat and it, it never gets old. <laughs> you know what I mean? You do cat stuff and... Um, it's rare though there's not many games where you get to play as a cat so it feels unique yeah and it's it's clever for the kind of you know few hours that it does take you to complete there's some good puzzles in there um it's not too difficult um and it's i don't know it's just got unique gameplay a bit of an odd world that you're in um but yeah definitely one well worth picking up i would say cool um and yeah, just finished off the garden and on to my next project, power washing. That's... Yeah, you've been doing a bit of power washing. You've been playing Hot Wheels as well. Oh yeah, Hot Wheels. Forgot about mm. that one. Yeah. I mean, other than the ball ache that it took to actually oh, that was get cool. the game started. So Forza needed an update, then I had to download the Hot Wheels thing, then I had to try and get into the Hot Wheels thing, and then I needed another update, and I just, oh. I had four updates, then it said it wasn't installed. Then you had to say, we'll install <laughs> it then. And it'd be like, oh no, it is installed. And you'd be like, all right, play it's not installed. <laughs> and you know, it just went round in circles and you're like, what the fuck is going on? And eventually, the old turn it off and turn it back on did actually work, which yep. is incredible. Yep. That all these years later, the IT crowd were right. <laughs> they turned it off and back on. <laughs> it just still works like 99% of the time. So good, aye, but it's quite fun and it looked. I mean, right. it's basically Forza with a Hot Wheels track. So, aye. I mean, I'm still like I will play it and stuff like. That. I want to try it out and it looks colourful and nice, but like, I was disappointed. Like, I wanted something different. I know it's cool, but I don't know. It's not necessarily what I wanted. Yeah, I mean the 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 kind of map. Like, I've not went through the whole thing, but the map, um, the map's quite cool, and there's there's different kind of types of tracks and things. Um, I. I've said this before with like VR games especially, but I don't know, sometimes like when motion moves too too fast, it gives me a sore head and mm. like this was one of them. So when you're doing a loop on a track, mm. like it, I was like, well, I feel dizzy after that. <laughs> like, like so you wouldn't want to play that in VR? And absolutely not. No. Yeah. Nope. Yeah, uh, what have I been playing? I played about God of War. I'm not going to talk too much about that because it's a game that everyone knows about. I'm enjoying it. I wouldn't say my opinions have changed. Like, I'm lower on the game than most people. And I'm about maybe five hours in just now, and it's what I remember. It's a good game. It's a great game, but I don't think it's 
the this masterpiece that other people do so far but i'm going to definitely finish it this time because i want to finish it before ragnarok uh, I have also played a little bit of Red Dead because we're doing that for our next Afterlife episode. I have also played... Well, I've only played a little bit of it, but today, as of the recording, they released a free new map for Hitman 3, oh. Ambrose Island. Now, if, so. if you're not a long-time listener, you wouldn't have heard when, when Hitman 3 did come out, the absolute love and... I don't know, emotion mm. that you poured into that game and your... Yeah, that excitement went on for quite a while. I like thought you months. loved it more than me at one point. Well, <laughs> I do love it. I do really fucking love it. It's just so good. I mean, I literally played it for five minutes while you were setting up tonight, so I, I need to get back to it, but it just felt so good to be back in that world. Like, I just, I love every single thing about Hitman. I love the tacticalness of it. I just, like... I know that now I've got it back installed again that I won't just want to play this one map. I'm going to want to go back and continue on trying to get Master Level 20 on every... Like, I do plan to Platinum at some point. It's just an absolute grind, mm-hmm. but it's a grind in a good way for me because I just I love it. I want to do every possible type of kill. I want to do every everything, all the objectives. Like, it's just so good. Even you ended up playing Hitman 3. Yeah. Back when it first came out and... Yeah, I mean, so far, like, it's a free map as well, so it's free for all users that own the game, and that's certainly not reflected in the quality, I would say. Like, I mean, I just ran about, as I said, for five minutes, but it's had a lot of work going into it. Like, it looks amazing, the reflections and the, like, puddles and stuff like that. Like, it's it's high, high quality, and IO Interactive, like, always deliver with stuff like that, and it looks brilliant. looks absolutely brilliant. The only one thing I would say, and I can't confirm this, it's maybe just not live in the system yet, but it appears that this map does not have trophies. Oh, goodness me. And that's a wee bit of a blunder. Although, there may be some sort of cap, because when Hitman 3 came out, they added DLC trophies for the previous two games so that you could redo them. And I don't know if they've maybe hit some sort of limit on the amount of trophies, because <laughs> there is like literally yeah. about 128 trophies for this game. Oh, okay. And so it it's possible that there's maybe some sort of limit hit. But if not, then that's that's an oversight, I would say. Um and yeah, I haven't we haven't started it yet, but on our Discord, Callum has very kindly taken it upon himself to start a game club, much like a book club. And it even got us to over a hundred Discord members which has been eluding us for quite some time. Mm. And we shot straight past it with his input. And so it went to a vote, and the first game that was chosen was Detroit Become Human, which a game I played at launch, but I haven't touched it since. I've always wanted to go back and play it again. Perfect opportunity. You've never played it, have you? No. You've maybe seen bits and I've pieces of me too. playing it, but you haven't played through it. And so what the plan is, we will dedicate a certain amount of time to it each week so i can't remember how many chapters there are but we agreed that before this sunday we would play up to the end of chapter eight which i think is roughly between three and four hours worth um and then on sunday night we can discuss it beforehand we've got our own 
channel for it but uh, on Sunday night then we'll all discuss our thoughts so far and then we'll obviously play the next sort of however many chapters the following week and so I'm going to start that tonight I haven't had a chance to yet but I just wanted to give it a shout out because some people might if you're not part of the discord you want to get involved in it it seems it's going to be pretty fun and there's been a lot of positive feedback on it like people there's a lot of people in the discord that had never played it before Mm. and have jumped in and seem to be enjoying it so yeah i would say get involved in that if you can and so yeah the last thing i played this week was severed steel that's the thing i put the most amount of hours into and it is a new indie first person shooter and it's fucking brilliant it's so good you're going to hear more about why just directly but i'll give you a sort of introduction it's a, fa- a very fast-paced first-person shooter um and it's developed by one guy which is absolutely incredible first game incredible like i, I couldn't put it down i really couldn't over the weekend like when i first put it on i'd pla- i didn't have much time and i thought i'll stick on for half an hour and i'll play a bit more later i sat for two hours <laughs> because i was just like holy shit this is fun it's got it feels like it was made for me and <laughs> like and if like it's just it's got so much stuff in it that i love like i love bullet time it's one of my absolute favorite things in games like being able to slow down time and like pick your headshots and pick your pick your move like i just i love that ever since max Payne. Like, I just, I love it. And in any game when you get to do it, I just abuse the absolute shit out of it because it's just too much fun. And this is honestly one of the best examples I've seen of it in a game. Like, so what you really want to do is try and, like, chain your moves together. So you have the ability to slide, to wall run, to do flips, to dive, but you can chain these together. So you can run into a room and you could slide. And if you slide, you can basically slide tackle an enemy, which will make them drop their gun. But you can go from a slide into a dive. And while you're doing these moves, you can't, you won't take damage. So it really encourages you to use that as much as possible. And it's just, like I say, it's so stylish, like everything about it. It's it's brilliant. It really is one of the biggest surprises of the year to me so far. Like, it just came out of nowhere. I know it's been out on PC since last year, but I wasn't aware of it. And, yeah, I love when this happens, when there's a game that you just, you'd never really heard of, and then all of a sudden it's just here, and you're like, holy shit, this is good. But we do have a very special interview, so I don't want to say too much about it, because we can hear directly from the man himself. Okay, so we are very excited to have joining us on this week's episode, Matt Labrie, here to talk about Severed Steel. So for those of you that don't know, Severed Steel first launched on PC last year and we finally got to experience it on consoles just last week. And it is a single player, first person shooter featuring a fluid stunt system, destructible voxel environments, loads of bullet time and a unique one-armed protagonist. So before we get into the game itself, Matt, do you want to just tell us a little bit about you as the kind of games creator? You know, what's your game history, I guess? How did you get to the point of creating this game? Hey, yeah, thanks for having me. So a bit about myself. I'm an indie game developer. This is my first game. Um, But I grew up, I mean, surprise, surprise, I grew up playing video games and love video games. (laughs) Didn't we? Um, Yeah, right. 
Uh, so, uh, I mean, as a kid, I was like first person shooters and RPGs. Those are my two go tos. Like, Half Life was a, a big influence, and like, like Morrowind and the Elder Scrolls series. Um, and when I, when I first got into game development, I first tried to make an RPG, uh, like a big kind of Morrowind style open world game, and that's just a brutal first task for a, a new dev. Definitely. Um, yeah. So I, I mean, I think it was two or three years ago, but uh, at some point, somewhat, somewhat recently, I, I just decided that I should make the other genre I like a lot: first-person shooters, because it's it's just a lot more tight, a lot more focused. And so, what came out of that Severed Steel? It's a it's a super fast-paced, like no fat on it, first-person shooter. Like you hop in, you fight, uh, and it was a. Uh, I'm really happy with how it turned out. And it, it was really a good first project because it is really, it's just like, it's just action. Like that, I just had to get the action right. Um, and it came out on PC last year. And uh, just this past week, it launched on all the all the major consoles. Yeah, it's, it's crazy that you, like you're saying, it's your first game because in playing it over the weekend, like, I mean, it, it does not feel like it's someone's first mm-hmm. game. Like it's so polished. Like it, it really is. Like I was shocked when I was looking through, and I was like, "This can't be the first game." And I'm looking through, <laughs> like, trying, trying to find like previous projects and stuff like that. And that's just, it's crazy. It's, Thank it's, you. It really is. What? So to be fair, a couple things. One is that you've had because the PC version launched a year about a year ago. It's had a year of tweaks. You know, like yeah. performance hasn't smoothed out, levels have been smoothed out, um, and I, 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 a huge part of that son the new game development ecosystem where there's a, there's a lot of resources to, 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 um, to find assets online or right. to hire, to hire people. It's really easy to meet people who you can pay to make a texture, pay to make a, whatever a sound. Um, so it's, uh, it was my first game. Yeah. But I, I was able to find a lot of people who could help, help with the, the rough spots. That's, that's good to hear that the, the community is so, inviting and as willing to mm. like sort of step in and help because a lot of you would i mean i've never created a game myself but you would i would have thought that perhaps like there'd be a lot of people that were quite like reluctant almost to to sort of prop other people up but it sounds like it sounds oh. like you had good experiences it's incredibly positive like so one direct example is um so there's another game on steam called trepang 2 it's pretty similar to severed steel in the sense that it's like it's a shooter with bullet time over the top particle effects and the developer, first off the, the voice actor, the voice actors in that game work for both of us. So the voice actor for the soldiers in server sales, also the voice actor for the soldiers in Trepang too. But also when um, the developer of Trepang two was watching footage of my game, he noticed some things and he, he, he messaged me and he gave me some suggestions on, um, ways to mess with to make the sound sound cooler when bullet time was activated there's like a, there's a trick you do with the you change the pitch a little differently and it, it just makes everything sound nicer um right. but he just he just told me that like he didn't have to tell me that he's working on you could say his game's a rival game because it's also a bullet time first person shooter um yeah. but he should help me out with that and there's been a lot of instances like that of um devs of similar games we all just they really uh they help each other out it's a it's a great it's a great, uh, it's a great atmosphere. Yeah, that's really cool to hear. Really cool to hear. What kind of made you decide to get into game de- development in the first place? So I taught, I taught um, computer programming to middle schoolers for a while. I, I was a teacher. Uh, oh wow! And yeah, 
which was a fun job, but it, it's kind of interesting because when I first started that job, I didn't really know how to program that well, <laughs> nor did I know anything about game development. I kind of taught myself along the way. Um, and I did that for, I think, about four years. And after teaching programming for four years, I was like, well, I bet I could do it. Like, <laughs> like I, can, I could just, like, make a game now. And, like, as, as good as teaching is, like, like, it's very fulfilling. But it's here in the States, it's not the most lucrative career. Uh, yeah. And it is, yeah, it's quite a, just running a classroom just takes so much focus. Um, so if I could, like, you know, self-publish an indie game and make a living off that. That seemed like a dream. Uh, so I, yeah. So I started doing it part-time just like when I didn't have like a, when I, when I was like, I'd wake up before work in the morning and I'd work on it and I'd work on it a bit after work. But then eventually, uh, Digerati, my publisher, we were connected because um, I was, I was putting out gifts of Severed Steel and little video clips and they caught wind of it. Uh, and we negotiated an offer where they would fund the game, which allowed me to uh, quit my day job and focus on service sale full time. Nice. That's really cool. Yeah. So you, you almost got to teach the middle schoolers as the same point as teaching yourself. <laughs> uh, no, it, yeah, <laughs> it worked out really well because, because it was, because I taught middle schoolers, like they like video games. So I essentially, I essentially taught game programming. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, which gave me a lot of time to learn, like, like how do you make a game like intuitive, accessible? How do you, how do you solve bugs? How do you like what do people like in a game? Um, so that definitely carried over into like I feel like I I kind of gained like some intuition about gameplay that I got yeah. through that job. That's really cool. There'll definitely be people that you taught that are now over the last weekend playing your game. <laughs> I know. I, I wonder that. I, I don't have a very strong social media presence um so i don't know if there's a good chance they've played it and don't even realize i've it was me who made oh, maybe it don't realize it was you <laughs> exactly because my my name's in the credits and maybe if they i mean first off kids aren't gonna watch the credits like no they're off they're off their next tiktok or whatever <laughs> yeah so you you kind of obviously mentioned it as a first person shooter what made you decide you know that that genre was going to be your first game. And I guess, where did you get the inspiration from as well? Yeah. So like I said earlier, my first, my first shot was at an RPG. And like I said, that way too hard. The scales are so big, open world RPGs. There's a reason like, you know, it takes a Bethesda studio of like 500 people, like yeah. five years or more. I mean, Skyrim came out a decade, more than a decade ago, but yeah. So I saw the first-person shooter because it is a little more straightforward, particularly one that's um, like mine, where it's, it's pretty, like, small arena-based levels, no cinematics, it's just action. Uh, and my... I mean, I drew on a lot of inspirations of uh, games I liked as a kid. Uh, um, a lot of levels are named after Half-Life levels. Um, some of the stunts, like there's the dive stunt, yeah. and that was in some of my favorite games as a kid uh max Payne's the first the most obvious one uh, max Payne had that dive maneuver in slow motion yeah and there was a there was a half-life mod called the specialist which um also had a dive it was a first person multiplayer shooter and it, it also had a dive mode in slow motion uh so those games were a big influence and just you know a bunch of other random games i liked over the years there's an old shooter for the pc called fear mm -hmm. um which is kind of having a a, a uh, 
I don't know, maybe like a Renaissance because there's a, there's a few other games out there that are coming out soon that are inspired by fear. Um, Salako is one, Trepang 2 is one. And there's a bunch on Twitter that I don't think have names, but there's people getting pretty high follower counts showing off clips of their fear-inspired first-person shooters. Um, so I think a lot of people are inspired. Like, the games I'm, I was inspired by, a lot of people are inspired by, and I think there's a lot of people who are, like, in my age group who are reaching a point in life where they have, like, the patience to make a game. And I think there's going to be a wave of games that are that have the same inspirations of Severed Steel coming out within the next year or two. Well, that's that's exciting to hear because I mean, like yeah. when you say when you say Max Payne, like that's that's one of my go tos as well. Like I just ever since that game, like I, I fell in love with Bullet Time, and yeah, it's it's honestly one of my favorite mechanics in any yeah. game. It's just. I just love it. I really do. Like when I was playing, at one point when I was playing Civil Steel over the weekend, I noticed that if you go down onto cold, the Cold Steel difficulty, you can use it as much as you want. And Unlimited, while I wanted yeah. the challenge, so I did keep it higher for certain bits. I just put it down because I was like, this is just too much fun. It's just too <laughs> yeah, much you, fun being able to do it. It's cool because it's like, uh, it has two purposes. Like it makes everything look awesome. Yeah. And it's like a powerful ability. It's just like two for one. Yeah, uh, definitely. But, for Max Payne, have you seen the the uh, the gamers documentary of it on YouTube? No, I haven't actually. I just saw it. I think just two days ago, I watched it. Just as a funny coincidence, it's just a really it's like the rise and fall of Max Payne. Max Payne. It just it just starts from like the birth of the studio, all the way to like Max Payne three coming out and how it was a disappointing sale. But it it just get so many interesting things about it. Like Max Payne's face was just like a, a picture. Yeah. Of one of the developers of the game, which is, but it, I don't. It's just I don't know if you are into game documentaries, but I was really, I was really happy I watched it. Yeah, no, I'll definitely check that out. Like, like you say, like it was, it was upsetting when Max Payne Three didn't sell as well because I, I played that again recently and I stand by it. I think it's a phenomenal game. I really do. Yeah, like, it's funny because it up. Does it? Because I, for whatever reason, I I love Max Payne one and two. Loved them as a kid. And three, for some reason, I never I never picked it up. I haven't played it once. But the oh, no, footage really good. Is it? Yeah. In the documentary, I was like looking at the footage. I'm like, damn, that looks amazing. You know, I think I heard there's a lot of cutscenes, and that's scared me off. Uh, I don't yeah, know. It's. I mean, yeah, there is a lot of story, but it's certainly it's very action heavy. It's still very action heavy. Okay. And there's, there's just there's a lot of really cool physics in the game. Like, I mean, obviously Max Payne always had that, but like, there's just one specific scene comes to mind where you're in like a, I think it's either a, I think it's maybe a baseball stadium, and you're having a shootout in the stands, and like when you shoot enemies, just the way they sort of crumble down the stairs and then oh, you yeah. slide down the stairs after them. It's just like I was watching it going, no other games managed to do this as well, and this Damn. came out 12, like 10 years ago. Yeah. Yeah, I got it. Yeah. You're convincing me. That sounds sick. <laughs> yeah, I mean, look, it's always on sale on Xbox. It's available backwards compatibility now, so you can get it on your, your Series S or X as well, which is cool. Uh -huh. um, Check it out. But yeah, no, I just there was there was loads of really cool like things that I, that made me think of when I was playing Severed Steel. Like I, I'm quite into VR and like uh, super hot as well. Like mm -hmm. I just um, like playing stuff like that. It just gave me vibes of that and also a game called Pistol Whip. I don't know if you played, but um, 
yeah, like, there's the uh, level in Sever Steel where you're in like a sort of disco, and it's just it gave me total vibes of it. Like it was just uh-huh. very, very cool, very cool. It, yeah, it I don't a lot of games. I don't have VR, but I've seen. I've definitely seen Pistol Whip. Yeah, there's a, and and I get a lot of requests to put Severed Steel on VR. Uh, I don't think it's possible. Oh, is it not? <laughs> I it would be a it would be a new. I think it, I'd have to start from scratch. It would have to be a new game. Mm. I think that's my gut feeling. But I honestly, I've I've only used VR once at a friend's house, so I'm really I'm not qualified to really talk about VR. <laughs> yeah, that's fair enough. Yeah. Um. So yeah, like we obviously have never made a game and wouldn't know where to start but we appreciate it's a long ass process that takes Uh time patience and so tell us a bit about I suppose the the blood sweat and tears and maybe some of the hurdles that you faced during development yeah I mean it just it is a uh it's all consuming like Mm -hmm. as far as the hours you put into it and how much you think about it, or at least me, I'm sure some game devs have like a healthy work-life balance, (laughs) Um, but I didn't. And I can't imagine shipping a game in any reasonable time frame without crunching. Like it's just, it just takes so much. I don't, I, I don't see any other way to do it than crunch yeah. and all the studios have crunch and there's all these articles saying how unethical it is and how much it sucks. And it does, but I get it. Like, I don't see, there's just so many things that so many bugs to work out. You got to get performance, right? You got to get everything balanced. It's got to be long enough. Uh, so it's just, just hours, especially, I mean, the week, the week of lunch, I went, uh, I think I didn't sleep for like I don't know, like two nights or something. I was just wow. like working. It made, I feel like two nights seems over dramatic. I definitely did one all nighter. Yeah. I don't know if two seems insane. I don't really remember now. But that's what I mean. I don't even remember. It was just yeah. it's just a blur. Yeah. Um, and I don't know if there's any other way to do it. I think maybe if um if you have a lot of money and you're not and you're not worried about because when you're working on a game, you have no other income. Yeah. So, I mean, I had some income from Digerati, but but ultimately, like, you got to get the game shipped. Yeah. So it's just the time. It's just obscene hours, and like friends calling you wanting to hang out and just be like, I don't like. Sorry, maybe in a few months. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's the thing. Like, I mean, obviously, this is your passion project, and so you become so like consumed. consumed yeah, yes. consumed with yeah. the game that. Although, yeah, yeah like, like from the outside, people are saying that's crunch and it is crunch. But to you at the time in it, you'll just be like, well, this is my baby. And yeah. it's down to me to get this right. And I've, I've got one chance to get this right and I want to get it right. So that's and I exactly think that must, it. Yeah, it must be the same. Like you dedicate so much of your life to this and you want it to be the best finished product possible. So you almost like do it without knowing almost. It's not like you're actively crunching, but you just do yeah, it's natural. It's harder to it's harder to stop working than it is to start working. <laughs> it's just be it just becomes a natural state. Yeah, I think you're right. 
Yeah, well, it's. I mean, like I said said before, like it, it definitely shows through. Like I, I play a, a lot of indie games, but um, I mean, it's it's a really high level of polish. Like I was not that I wasn't expecting a good game out of it, but like I really was like throughout my my playtime with it. Like I'm I'm not just saying this because we're interviewing you at the moment, but like <laughs> I was like I was I was blown away. Like it just the performance is on point. Like the I know you didn't you didn't do the music, but like the music fits, like everything just it feels it's got a really high level of polish. I think it really does. Um Thank you. It, I'm glad you shouted out the music. He's yeah. I don't think you can calculate how much of the game feel is thanks to the music. Like mm. but I feel like a big the music is a big role. It's 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 underrated how much music can make a game feel. Oh, absolutely. And sound design in general, yeah, 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 yeah. Like you, like you said earlier, like even just like the the small like change in pitch when you go into bullet time. Like I don't know, I just I really like that, and like um, the feedback as well when you get a kill. There's a slight bit of yeah. feedback on the controller and on in the music as well. Like there's a slight sound that changes when yeah. at first I thought it was just when you got a headshot, but it's when an, an enemy is actually dead. And yeah. it's just such a satisfying <laughs> I can't explain it. It's just a little satisfying sort of pop that you're like, he's done. Next. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I know the sound you're talking about. And I, I still like when I'm play like I played the game stupid amount of hours testing it but yeah that, that's yeah. that that sound is, does not get old <laughs> yeah it's little things like that that just really make it mm. yeah. Well, yeah what are you most proud of like what's your favorite part of of the game um that's a good question uh yeah you know i think it's probably a level there's one level um it's called Portal Labs. It's like you start the level, you have to like activate these computers and then like all these teleporters open up. Yep. And then like the music kicks on. Um, and I just think that level is just like, it's all the best parts of the game. Like it's distilled into like one little thing. And all the enemies start teleporting in and like the level, the level, I didn't design the level. Bloody one of my level designers designed it. But I'll, I'll give myself credit. I, I put the, I, I designed the uh, the the enemies coming in, and I, and I put the portal in the bottom and the top. Before in that level, if you if you fit to the bottom, fell to the bottom, you died. Then right. I was like, oh, it's a portal lab. Like that's a lame thing. So I just put the giant portal there. And I don't know. It's just like it's. And then the, that's I, that's one of my favorite songs in the game. It's the song's called Molten Steel. So I think it's it was the level designer's best work. Which really, sh- this level is on, he's really good at designing areas that show off what the AI can do and what the player can do. So he designed a level that showed off my mechanics and my NPCs with the perfect song on top of it. And I, th- I think that moment in the game, I think, is my, pre- my what I'm most proud of. Yeah, that level as well. Look, I know the one you're talking about. And it, it, I mean, all the levels do, but I felt like in that one in particular, like it really did, uh, it was ideal for the different types of moves that you had at your disposal like yeah. it was a little i was a little bit in where obviously like i knew you had the slide and you've got the dive and but it, i was a little bit further in before i realized that you could almost chain these together so yeah like I, like I was like i think i just accidentally did it like on the third or fourth level where i was like right you can slide into a dive and i was like all oh, right yes. this changes everything <laughs> that's that move is so yeah that's a huge move it's like yeah. that's very powerful because you get 
you're invincible for that whole stretch. Yeah. So it's a lot, a lot you can accomplish in that. Yeah, definitely. I thought that was a really good design choice as well. Just the fact that it almost like, I mean, not that you wouldn't want to be pulling off stunts all the time anyway, because it's cool as fuck. But I mean, that was really clever to encourage as much of that as possible. It's like, right, well, if you're doing this here, then you're not going to be losing health. So it, it, it forced you to do it more as well and get better at it and yeah, not yeah. play defensively and always be on the offense. Yes, yeah, yeah. That offensive gameplay is huge, which I got... I don't know if you played um, Doom 2016. It was the Doom reboot. Yeah, yeah, that. Yeah, that, I mean, that, that game, they nailed that push-forward combat where it's just like... The safest thing to do is to attack, which is which is really it's a really interesting gameplay uh, yeah. design, which, which I pretty much copied from them, and it worked out. <laughs> um, so at the end of the credits, the words "steel will return" appear. Can you share with us your sort of plans for the future of the IP? Uh, I have nothing concrete to share, uh, sadly. Um, yeah, I have no, I have nothing concrete to share. There might be a sequel one day, uh, but uh, nothing to announce. So, nothing to announce. But you're you're certainly. I mean, obviously, you are going to continue on as a game developer, yeah. Because I mean, this would be the the ultimate one and done if you didn't. <laughs> like, I mean, no, you've certainly no. like, like. I mean, you, you can't go out. You can't go out like this. You can't leave us. <laughs> No, thank you. No, I, I mean, I, I'm ex- I'm kind of I'm messing around with another shooter project. I'm kind of experimenting with ideas with like like a co-op shooter, um, with like uh, maybe some open world elements, but not but but like, similar to Server Steel, like really tight pacing. Um, nice. But it's, the the um, what the IP will be and is not 100 percent clear yet. It's more in like experimental phase. Um, so no, it's, it's it's not my last game, but well, that's good. I, I have nothing. Yeah, but I, I can't announce anything concrete right now. Well, yeah, I mean, like I know you said that you're not you're, you don't have much of a social media presence, but um, certainly like throughout the the weekend when I was playing the game, like I was posting clips of it, and it's such a. I think when people scroll by and they see like a short video of the game being played, it instantly draws you in. And mm. so I've had loads of comments from people being like, Oh, what's this? Like, this looks awesome. What, like, nice. so, um, yeah. And, in, in your absence on social media, I will, I will do my best to, to spread the word. Oh, thank because you. It's, it's really is. It's, it's a game that's, that I, I think all of our listeners should definitely check out. Yeah. Thank you for posting clips. That's huge. Thank you. No, thank you for, for the game. It's yeah. absolutely oh. brilliant. Oh, my pleasure. Yeah, and like you say, I'm sure our listeners, if they haven't already, will look forward to checking it out off, off the back of, obviously, what, you know, what you've said today. Um, you know, you, as I mentioned as well, it's on PlayStation 5, PlayStation 4, Switch, Xbox Series, and of course PC as well. So Correct, yeah. Get it everywhere. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I guess thanks for your time. Um, and we'll pop a note of your social channels and details of the game um in the episode description so that our listeners uh, can get more info should they wish um and you're always welcome you're always welcome on here thank you yeah that was fun anytime you do have anything to share or anything you'd like to to promote or just to talk about games you're you're always welcome uh yeah it's been an absolute pleasure thank you yeah questions are very thoughtful i had fun answering them uh thank you so much for having me 
Okay, let's move on to this week's news then. News, news, always believe in the news. We are bringing you the news with your digging team. Always So, first up, Ubisoft had a big news dump over the last week. Unfortunately, most of it isn't what we wanted to hear. First up, the next Assassin's Creed game, which is apparently called Rift, is said to be behind schedule. The story going around was that it was looking to launch in February of next year, but has now been pushed back to May at the earliest. Then we also had the news that Ubisoft has binned four games that were in active development, including the free-to-play Ghost Recon Frontline, a Splinter Cell VR game that was set to come out to Oculus, not Meta, Quest, and two unannounced titles. But do you want a bit of good news to break that up? I do. So it comes via the Grubster, though, so, you know, get your salt shakers out. Apparently, there will be a sequel to Immortals Phoenix Rising, and it's in development just now. However, the Immortals title will seemingly be ditched, and the production name of the game is Oxygen. You're a hero. But it's unknown if this is just a development name or intended to be the actual title. And lastly, I guess that's kind of bad news, but very few will care. And what should be a surprise to no one, the open world Avatar game has been delayed out of this year and will launch between April 2023 and March 2024. That Avatar delay is like the most obvious fucking news ever. We've still never seen anything Mm -hmm. and it was supposed to be out in the next fucking three months. Like... That's not the kind of thing that's been delayed to March next year. Like, we'll maybe see it in October next year or November next year. Yeah. Like, I know they wanted it to come out, like, to kind of coincide with this Avatar film that's coming out, but, I mean, the only good thing from their point of view is that they've got Avatar films coming out every year for about the next fucking 44 years. (laughs) So they can just make it tie in with one of them, I suppose. But I don't know. It's a game that I've seen zero fucking hype for or love for much like the film to be honest like i'd i'd i mean it's maybe just because we're not really fans so it's i know not really is, on our radar. Fans. i remember speaking to alex on the discord and he he quite enjoyed the film but i think he might be the only person that i know that enjoyed it like and obviously it did well so it's got a fan base but i just don't really know them and so yeah, that's strange. This Immortals Phoenix Rising, like it's a game that I've never had a chance to pick up, but I always liked the look of, planned to play it at some point. So it's cool that that is getting a sequel because it didn't sell particularly strong. So the worry was that it wouldn't get a second chance. But if Grub's right, that is a fucking atrocious name. Oxygen, you're a hero. That's fucking terrible. I mean, you can't release that as a name of a game. That's fucking awful. Oxygen, you're a hero. Maybe it's got a catchy song. You better be holding this now. <laughs> um, what else was in that? Yeah, I mean, gutted about Splinter Cell VR. That sounded cool. I, I was looking forward to that, but I'm not massively surprised. Like when they announced it, I did sort of think that's never coming out. That sounds, it just sounded very niche. I don't think there would 
be a massive audience for a Splinter Cell VR, and it wouldn't have been a Splinter Cell VR game. It would have been like an experience. They wouldn't have made a full game. So, uh, it, it seemed like one that wasn't going to really go off the ground. Like, I remember at the time they announced an Assassin's Creed one as well, mm-hmm. and seemingly that hasn't been cancelled, but much the same. Like, I'm like, I don't necessarily see that coming out either. Mm-hmm. An Assassin's Creed VR game? Like, nah. I'd love it. I'd love to try it, but it just seems like that would take a lot, and I don't see the massive upside. I mean, maybe if it switched to a PSVR 2 game or something like that, maybe, but... Yeah, I don't really fancy jumping in at hay bales in VR. I don't think anyone does, that's the no. thing. Like, it doesn't really seem like it translates <laughs> particularly well to VR. But maybe, mm. maybe. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Ubisoft. They don't seem to be in that great a state at the moment. Like, cancelling games, stuff are getting delayed left, right and centre. I don't know. There's not really great signs coming out of Ubisoft and they then there was a couple of months ago it seemed like they had like a conference call and their owner was almost like the question got brought up about a sale for the company and his response was something like, Well, never say never. I mean if someone comes along mm-hmm. and it almost seemed like a fucking plead for help. Which Yeah, I don't know. I think they need to get their act together over there. Well, next up then, we finally have a release date for the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles The Cowabunga Collection, and it is soon. Game will officially launch on the 30th of August this year across all platforms. The date is revealed in this new trailer, which highlights some of the benefits of the collection. It's a pretty comprehensive selection of turtle titles, and it's set to feature online play, save states, and rewind. And additionally, there'll also be a museum filled with artwork, like sketches and concept art. It sounds like a really cool collection, this. Like, it's a collection of classic games, mm-hmm. and it's it's almost one that I'm more excited to own than to play like <laughs> okay. i feel like i got my fill i think we spoke about this a couple of weeks ago but i feel like i got my fill of turtles with shredder's revenge mm-hmm. and while i have fond memories of these older games especially the arcade game that was ported to the nez i don't they they're not gonna play as good as shredder's revenge nah. and like i feel like i got my turtles fill so it's something that i want to have for when I decide it's time I want to play it, but come the end of August, I'll have much higher things on my list than playing fucking Turtles games from the NES. So, yeah, it's something I'll pick up, but it's not necessarily something I'm excited about. But cool nonetheless. I hope they do this with a lot more games. So, next up, are we getting DLC for Horizon Forbidden West? Maybe. Maybe. So it was noted on Instagram that Peggy Bridgins. I go on. What's her name? Bridgins. Bridgins. <laughs> Do you know how to pronounce it? I don't, but I find it very strange that she's got like a Scottish first name and then like, <laughs> I be Peggy, be Peggy Bridgins. <laughs> like, I don't know. Yeah, not that sure. is apparently her name though. Yeah, not sure to pronounce it. Apologies. Just wee Peggy. Yeah, so she performed all of Aloy's action-heavy scenes, and she is back in the motion capture studio. Now, this could be an unrelated project, but fans also spotted earlier in her timeline that she's been hanging out with Lewis Van Beek. Is that how I say his name? <laughs> Lewis Van Beek, yeah. Lewis Van Beek, who 
also did motion capture and some voice acting for the game. Are you even allowed to be called Peggy if you're under, <laughs> like, 60? My gran was a Peggy, but she wasn't a Peggy when she was young. Mm-hmm. Don't know. Was Peggy her, like, you know, birth certificate name? No. Is it, I don't think Peggy's anyone's birth certificate name. Anyway, Peggy, <laughs> what are you up to? <laughs> Tell us. We need to know. I think it will be. I think it will be. We got DLC for Zero Dawn... And I think, I think we'll get it again. Like I, I really like the idea of. So I'm, I'm always really interested in how these subscription services are going to work. And like I've been vocal in the past that I think the only reason that Game Pass is viable is because Microsoft have basically endless pockets and don't give a fuck. Like normal companies can't operate like that. And they couldn't run Game Pass. Like it's just I don't think it's particularly financially viable. I love that it's a thing. But I just don't see how it works in a, unless you don't care about money. And so I'm interested to see how PlayStation try to do it. And I think one thing they could do is... So obviously Forbidden West at some point is going to have to come to this PS Plus service. And it would be interesting if they timed that alongside the DLC. And so what happened was like they announced it all. Say it was like... June next year, right? It's been 15 months. We're going to add Forbidden West to the PlayStation Plus collection and we're also releasing DLC that's 25 quid. And what you would get is, I think you would get a severe boost in DLC sales because you would have more people with access to the game. Mm. And so maybe that's a way to make more money out of it. Like at the point when it joins PS Plus, you're like, right, we've pretty much milked how many people we're going to get to buy the base game. But we believe in our product. We believe it's a really good game, which it is. And if we can get people that have the PS Plus service to try out this game and love it, then maybe we can get 25 quid off them that we wouldn't have got before. And so I feel like that's maybe a way that you can try and monetize it more. And like, I don't know, I feel like... I'm being like anti-consumer here, like trying to find ways where PlayStation can make more money. But the only way we're getting these quality products is if they can make a fucking profit off it. So they need to find ways for it to be financially viable. And I think the trick is making that also palatable for the gamers. And I think that might be a good way of doing it. Okay. Well, you can let them know. I will. I'm available in an advisory role. (laughs) But they've just not given me the call yet. Yeah. I don't think they've got my number. Probably not. I'm on Twitter. <laughs> okay, let's move to Harry Potter World now. So Hogwarts Legacy's highest tier collector's edition could come with a statue of a book that has a floating magic wand suspended above it. This will apparently use magnets to create the illusion and is referenced in Code Discovered on the game's official website. It's worth noting that these files are not public and could include outdated or inaccurate information, but they are worth mentioning, if only to get Ryan excited. The collector's edition also apparently includes 72 hours early access to the game, a steel case and various other pieces of DLC, including a Thestral mount, a Kelpie robe, the Dark Arts cosmetics pack, the Dark Arts battle arena and the Dark Arts garrison hat. I can't seem a big enough 
fan to know what some of these things are. None of that meant anything to me. But what I would say is we have often said that we expect this game to be pushed into next year. And I still think that is the likely outcome. But things like this coming out, like collector's editions being leaked, I think gives it a higher chance of coming this year. Because that's stuff you start to see towards the very, very end of development. So, I don't know. I would have maybe gave it a 20% chance of coming out this year before that news, but I think it's higher now, closer to 30, 35. Like, I still think it is going to get delayed. But, yeah, there's reason for Ryan to be hopeful because he's very excited. Did you know that... um... So you know the game in Harry Potter, Quidditch? Yes. Well, people have sort of adapted it and they sort of play it in real life. Aye. But without wands, or without broomsticks, because obviously folk can't actually fly. Um, but I mean, most of these people are space cadets. So. Well, in a move to sort of distance themselves from J.K. Rowling and mm-hmm. her thoughts of yep. things, um, they've renamed it. They don't call it Quidditch anymore, they call it Quadball. Jesus. So, fun fact. Quadball sounds like a fucking extreme sport or something, to be fair. That's the thing. See, like, see Quidditch. Like, I feel like even if you didn't know what Quidditch was, you knew what you were getting from the name. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? <laughs> like, I think even if I'd never heard of Harry Potter, if someone said, Do you want to play Quidditch? I'd be like, No. <laughs> No, no, I don't. No, I don't. There's going to be some suspect individuals, people on the the outer reaches of society playing that. But then if someone said to me, do you want to play quad ball? I feel like I'd be like, that sounds like it'd be quite cool. And it'd be only when you turned up and saw people in their robes and hats that you'd be like, I've made a grave error here. <laughs> made a grave error here. My social standing is taking a fucking knock just turning up here today. Yeah. But yeah, fair play to them. Yeah. I wonder if I'd love to see just for the absolute shithousery if like J.K. Rowling was like uh, actually um, copyrighted the rules for Quidditch and so if you want to change the name of it then you're going to have to change the rules as well (laughs) just to see if they get annoyed. Okay, so moving on. EA has a AAA single-player open-world Black Panther game in development, according to a new claim from, you know, Jeff Grubb. Speaking during his daily news show, it's supposedly called Project Rainier and is currently in early development. Production is being led by Kevin Stevens under a new studio at EA, who was vice president at monolith productions when the team made middle earth shadow of mordor and sequel shadow of war in the ps4 era yeah that sounds quite cool uh if it's legit again get the salt shakers out <laughs> for that wee nonce but yeah that'd be quite cool like the the team over at uh the guy well the guy that was at monolith like when they made those Shadow of Modern Shadow of War games, they had the Nemesis system, which was 
it was really cool. It was like when you killed lieutenants, like they would come back and they would remember you from like previous battles and they would show... I didn't play the games that much because it was Lord of the Rings related, but it was a very cool mechanic. And so I feel like that might find its way into this. There was like a thing where they were trying to copyright it or something like that, but I don't think you can really do that. You could just change it a bit. And so it would be cool to see something like that make its way into like a Black Panther style game. Like, I think a lot of these studios are looking at it and going off the success of Spider-Man and stuff like that. Like, they now realise the potential in doing a superhero film, or a game, sorry, right. Yeah. Um, I mean, I've never actually seen Black Panther, any of the films. Oh, neither have I. Comic books. I don't really know much about the character. I presume he's a panther that's mm-hmm. potentially black. Although, is The Rock involved? Maybe. No, what's his newest one coming out? I'm thinking of something else. Is, is it Adam? Something Adam? Oh, Black Adam. I'm getting confused, never mind. Right. Just got the rock in my head and everything, you know, went fuzzy. Don't... Wait a minute, was Black Panther the guy that died? Yeah, it was. I have seen the Black Panther film. Me and Castles watched it. It was alright. I, I mean, I think it was, to a lot of people, it was one of the best Marvel films, but I'm not that massive on the Marvel films. Um, but yeah, no, the main actor was Chadwick Boseman and he did, he died of cancer. But I think, I could be wrong on this, but like I think he had the cancer while he was still filming one or mm-hmm. two of his last films, but he didn't let on to anyone because he wanted to like make sure he made the money for like his family or something like that. It was like a really touching story that I don't recall at this moment. But um I ah, he was like a real fucking hero. And like I'm sure there was a whole thing. There was a film we watched that was called something about a heist. And it was him and there was a female lead as well. And there was something to do with the top female actor had found out that she was making less money and so he either I think he went to them and was like ah, fuck you like we we make the same money or something like that like he, he fought for equal rights mm-hmm. uh, and by all accounts he was a great guy so if they are making a game like this it'd be really cool if they tried to like I don't know use a character model of him or something yeah, like that just as a kind of tribute yeah. like that would be really cool yeah, I'd be interested definitely. in that definitely Okay, wrap-up time of all the little bits and pieces of news this week. It is a lengthy one, so strap yourselves in. First up, an Oxenfree crossover is now live within the Void Raiders expansion for Oli Oli World. I'm waiting for the oi oi oi, you know. Oi oi oi! <laughs> Quite cool. It's cool that they've, they've done something like that. Like, it's just, I think from what I can tell, it's just really the Oxenfree girl in Oli Oli World on a skateboard, but... I like crossovers. Yeah. So for the FIFA 23 update, there is no Russian teams, but Juventus are back. Good to know. Yeah, uh, no Russian teams is obviously no surprise, really. Uh, And yeah, they've now signed a deal with Juventus because for the last, I think, two or three seasons, they've just been Pimonte Calcio. And they have had the players, but they've had a shit kit and a shit badge and a shit name and now they've signed a multi-year deal with Juventus and also like they've got legends for Ultimate Team and so I think it's Claudio Marquisio who's a legend at Juventus he's going to be available in the game as well as part of the deal so did you see there was a photograph that 
um, was taken at an airport of one of the One Direction people. I don't know their names. Um, I didn't know there was more than one of them. Well, a member of One Direction was spotted at an airport and a group of fans got their picture with him. But um, Rogic is like in the background of the photo, just like casually walking along. like Tam Rogic? Yeah. Really? Yeah. <laughs> um, which... That's definitely the most impar- important part of that photo. Yeah, but I mean, loads of like obviously Celtic fans have like spotted it yeah. and, and pointed out. Yeah, it's just quite is, is One Direction the group that has the the singer that Donnie likes? No idea. <laughs> Can't remember. He's the wee guy that thinks he's a rock star. Harry Styles? Yes. Well, Harry Styles left One Direction. So but he was, that was right. He was. Fucking yeah. check me out, by the way. In fact, I don't know if he left the oldest club. Don't know. Don't know the story. But he was related to that. Mm-hmm. I fucking nailed pop culture today, by <laughs> the way. <laughs> Uh, Alfred Hitchcock Vertigo is coming to PlayStation, Xbox and Switch on the 27th of September in Europe and the 4th of October in North America. This is something we should play. It's another sort of narrative adventure mm. and it came out on PC last year and people are saying like it's really good, very psychological. Yeah, looking forward to it. Okay. Star Wars Jedi Survivor could release in late February or early March of 2023 according to the Twitter backend scraping account PlayStation Game Size. I don't necessarily trust this. I think, like, I don't think the guy's making it up. I think that is in the PlayStation backend, but I think they put a lot of placeholders in there. Yeah. And I think sometimes people put too much weight on the things this guy finds. Mm-mm. And it's not necessarily his fault, but I just think that the stuff's in a backend for a reason. I don't think it's necessarily, oh, here's a locked in date that we'll just sit here and not, like, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. It would match up because it was initially supposed to be a 2022 game, so maybe, but I don't know. Don't don't put money on it. Okay. Lord of the Rings, Gollum has been delayed, quote, a few months and will no longer launch on September 1st, 2022. It looks shite, though, so... But that's just because you don't like Lord of the Rings. No, even Lord of the Rings fans are like, right, we know Gollum's supposed to be ugly, <laughs> but that's a fucking state. And I... Okay. No offence to the team that's making it, like, I'm sure they're trying their best, but... I mean, maybe the extra polish will help, but there's there's not been a lot of good okay. word of mouth off of this one. Um, Xbox Series S and X consoles, as well as Xbox One line of consoles, will soon boot up even faster, Craig. Even faster. Yeah, I mean, I feel like I've. It's so funny how quickly you get acclimatized to faster load times, like. A few times recently I've been using the PlayStation 4 that Nathan now uses and I'm sitting there going, is this thing broken? Like, why is this not loaded up yet? What I the mean, fuck is going on? Partially it is broken. I mean, yes, it is. But... It sounds like it's about to fucking lift off in outer space. But I don't know. You just you start up a game and you're like over checking the back of it being like, is this still working? Like, But it's just, it's obvious that it was always like that. But now we're just so used to like instantaneous loading. Yeah. And you get used to that so fast, but like, I don't know, I've never thought to myself that Xbox takes too long to turn on, <laughs> ever, in my life. Like, I'm not, I mean, I'm not against it, cool. If something's going to start faster, then aye, mm. great, because I'm a busy man. Right. But, <laughs> uh, but yeah, I don't know, I just, fine, aye, fine. Okay, well, that's all for this week's news then, we shall move on. 
We shall. Johnny, did you put out the bin? I did, yeah, I did. Get your little wheelie bin and push all of your rubbish in. You better hurry, don't be late. They'll soon be outside of your gate. Are the bin men coming? Are the bin men coming? As the cry of every woman, will the bin men come today? Shall we move on to Get in the Bin? So, if you don't know, Get in the Bin is a feature where we pick a thing, a person, a subject, anything we want to go in the bin. Sometimes someone completely undeserving. Sometimes. Um, now, it has been a rather light week of getting the bin nominations. Usually, you know, they come in thick and fast. However... I think it's just been too hot for people <laughs> to care. Oh, here he goes again. Put someone in the bin. Well, that is my nomination. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it will continue to be my nomination every week until the fucker's in the bin. But, I mean, I genuinely think that people have been more agreeable because it's just been like oh, it's too fucking hot me I don't care fine take my wallet like fuck <laughs> it, just get to fuck like I, I genuinely think there's something to that mm-hmm. uh, but I still even despite that it feels like people don't want someone to bin which really upsets me I mean is it going to take someone in our inner circle me to die of heat stroke before we take this seriously it's it's right, but dreadful. I think I think you are generalising a bit too much. Like, hot days, you know, days when the temperature is over a certain amount, I would say, yes, that qualifies to perhaps go in the bin, but not summer collectively. Look, someone has to take the fall. <laughs> Maybe you can't just put the whole season in. <laughs> it's only four months. Oh, no. Three months. It's three months. What happens? Yeah, so there wasn't many nominations. We had um, Gaudi, who is a member of our Discord, Games Master Gaudi, if you mm-hmm. if you recall, back to episode seventy. Heard of him. Um, he got nominated because he's not watched the US Office. No, he has. He's seen a little bit of it. He oh. said it was overrated. Right, that's and what, that's what he got nominated for. I, I mean, overrated. That's fine to say that, but he went a wee bit stronger than that. He was calling it shite, and not happy with that. Not happy. Um, But to be fair, he's wound it back a little bit, I would say. Now, I'm not saying that the UK office was crap, but I didn't think it was as funny as other people. I thought it was all right. Mm -hmm. Um, But what happened was Gaudi watched a little bit of the UK office and went, nah, not really for that. And then he'd watched a little bit of the US office and thought the same. But... With the US office, he'd only watched a little bit of season one. And season one of the US office is basically the script from the UK office. Mm -hmm. And it was only when it went into season two that they started to like create their own content. And that was when it really picked up. Mm -hmm. So in fairness to him, the first season isn't that great. So, I mean, he'd a toe in. He'd a toe in the bin. But he's managed to redeem himself a wee bit. He, He tried to nominate Wasps off the back of that. However... Was put in last week. Well, that's so the thing. So the that's the thing. So he was coming back out of the bin. Then he mentioned something about wasps, and I'm like, I don't think you've listened to last week's episode. So you're <laughs> fucking back in the bin. <laughs> he was teetering. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it was like you know that thing where remember the game show when they would sit there and then they would fall into the slime. <laughs> he was up there, but he's not falling in. I can't. I can't do it. I can't do it. Love the guy too much. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So my nomination for this week is ads and I'm being specific about it 
and that ads that are on news websites because they just clutter up and you can't read anything. And it drives me insane. And I appreciate, like, you know, they're they're trying to make an income and that ad revenue is important to sustain the Mm -hmm. website that they're producing and, you know, paying people to write the articles, etc., etc. However, just make it nice and user-friendly. Make it non-intrusive. Yes. Like, I mean, we've... This is a. It's been a topic of discussion loads of times in this house. Like at times we have had some ads on the website and stuff like that. But I'm of the opinion of unless we're going to make serious coin off it, I just want them fucking gone. Like I can't stand it. I can't stand. Like I love the fact that you can go into our website and it's just a clean UI and there's no ads popping up and there's no oh you you've scrolled down there but you've actually touched the screen so we've opened the ad anyway. And <laughs> yeah, they're, they trick you. When you think you're not clicking it and then, yeah. And you start to read a bit and then it jumps. Mm -hmm. I I can't stand it. I honestly cannot stand it. And it's just getting worse and worse. Like YouTube these days as well. I know you're saying about specifically news like websites, which I don't... See, to be honest, I don't even go on news websites anymore and it's 100% because of that. I just Mm -hmm. can't. Like, there's been a couple of times recently where there's been an article and I've been like, oh, that's quite interesting. It's been like the daily record or the daily mail and i'm like i can't click on that like i don't care what it is i'm not fucking clicking on that um but youtube's got so bad as well like every single video now it's not one ad it's two and that's because we don't pay for the premium membership the premium's about fucking 12 quid a month you can get ne- you can get netflix for cheaper than a well, fucking ad free youtube amazon prime's gone up everything's gone up but I know ads. I fucking hate them. I hate them with an absolute passion. I can't believe they're not in already. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So unwelcome ads. You are going in the bin this week. Get in the fucking bin. Get in the bin. Okay. So, as per usual, over to you this week, Craig. I'm excited for what you have in store for Pure Dead Platinum. <laughs> It's date time. Is it actually? <laughs> it is. It's date time. But it's not what you might think. Right. Right. It's not a continuation of the story. Oh, okay. So do you want to recap just in case anyone missed a few weeks ago? So a few weeks ago we had my first date RPG, Oriana, story one. And <laughs> you played as this girl who uh, got ready and had a conversation with her mum and dad and then she walked to a bus stop and then it ended last and you, about and five you got minutes. a platinum for that yep right. three minutes got the platinum and uh, i was very confused about the whole situation uh and so i've been waiting for for more information for story two mm-hmm. and it's been a couple of weeks and i was i mean i was at the end of my rope i saw look sunday night my first day at rpg but no this one is Elliot, story one. Oh, okay. So what they've done is they're now giving you the perspective of the guy. Oh, clever. That, that she's trying to date. Clever, Or okay. that she's maybe going to date. And so, yeah. I mean, we spoke at this before and we're like, what fucking age are these people? Because they're living with the parents and they're talking about first dates, but what the fuck's going on? So they are at school because in this story, this boy goes to school. But they are second semester 
uh, high school students or whatever. So I looked it up and apparently they are 18. So it's it's still weird. It's still weird. I mean, this is made by the churchy folk. And yeah, it's it's just really fucking bizarre. You start the game once again in your bedroom and you have to grab your school bag. Okay. Uh, then you go out and you talk to your dad and what you find is that your dad's giving you a lift to school but it's actually your car. He His car's in the shop and so he's borrowing your car but he's driving you and when you're driving along to school he notices you gazing lovingly out the window at a girl at the bus stop. Oh. So he says that we'll, 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 we'll talk about this tonight. Right. <laughs> So fast forwards because again this is so this is like a fucking three minute game again right so (laughs) I mean it's taken me longer to explain it but that night so he's like so what about this girl then eh what the girl and you have a wee back and forth and you're like I don't know I don't know and he's like well I'm banning you from using your own car and you're like what do you mean I'm gonna have to walk to school and he's like no no son no I know why don't you get the bus you're gonna have to get the bus. And that's going to put you together with this girl. Matchmaker dad. The dad is a creep. <laughs> right? He's he's in about it. Uh, yeah, I mean, he even said, I wrote, I wrote down the quote, the dad, okay, after school, you and me are going to have a talk. A talk about girls. Right? Odd as fuck. Odd as fuck. So, yeah, the next morning, you got up. And you, this is the only bit of gameplay you actually have to do is walking to the left to get <laughs> to get from your house to the bus stop. Right. And you get to the bus stop, the girl appears, and I'm like, oh, I played that bit. She appears, and you say hi. She says hi, and then you see in quotes. It's obviously what the boy's thinking, and he's like, right, play it cool, play it cool. Need to ask it out, and it goes up to be continued. Got him. So we never got more of the story. We just got a different side of the story. But we got more information. They are still at school. It's weird as fuck. But we're here for it and we want more. I want to know how it it pans out. Mm. But once again, at the end of the game, there's a developer blog and they get so preachy. They're like, so as you grow up, things in your life will change and then you'll start to become an adult and all that. And I'm like, what the fuck is going on here? Geez, my platinum. <laughs> and so, yeah, I wrote down a quote from the end as well, where it says, it comes up saying, as you grow into an adult, more and more often, you're going to have to take risks. And you're like, right, I don't need life advice from you. I just want my digital trophy. <laughs> what the fuck is going on? And the thing is, 95% of the people that have the Platinum in this game will have no fucking clue that this weirdness is going on because they'll just be like, tap, 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 because you can skip all the dialogue. But me, being the sound reporter that I am, was like, no, I need to know what's going on here. So I looked into it more. And I don't know that that was a wise move because I was left confused. But one more. Mm-hmm. I want to know how it, how it pans well, out. Same. I'm I'm very intrigued now and want to know the rest of the story. Obviously. Yeah. So I don't know if like in the next couple of weeks we're going to finally get story two, or if it's going to be like from the fucking bus stops perspective or something like that. But uh, 
one can only hope that there is a, a resolution in sight for this story yeah. and many more platinums along the way. Mm-hmm. But yeah, three minutes, 79p, and I mean, you couldn't fail to platinum it, I don't think. Like, you maybe need a guide to know which fucking drawer to go to to get your bag, but that's it. Very easy. Okay. And shit. Shit. When, I'm gonna have to dig out a decent platinum for next week because we we changed. Obviously, we we made pure dead platinum. It's not shitty platinum anymore. But the last couple have been real fucking turds. <laughs> so I'll try and dig something decent out for next week. Okay, thanks. As always, Craig. Very welcome. Yes. So time for this week's movie review. So each week we like to pick a gaming related movie. We're now gonna call it. Um, to, to watch and we rate and review it. So this week's choice was War Games, which was released way back in 1983, before my time, obviously. Um, and, even before my time, I wasn't even born. Uh, well, not much. Um, and this Red. it's the story of a young computer whiz kid who accidentally connects into a top secret supercomputer, which has complete control over the US nuclear arsenal. It changes him challenges him to a game between America and Russia and he innocently starts the countdown to World War 3 and you know the story is can he convince the computer he wanted to play a game and not the real thing yeah I actually really I'd, I'd wondered last week had I seen it and I just don't remember I definitely hadn't seen this no before. I hadn't seen it before either so it stars Matthew Broderick who mm-hmm. I said at the beginning is this Simba and, and you both looked at me like huh <laughs> But he does voice Simba in The Lion King. Um, I couldn't have told you that. Well, I knew that information. Disney fan. Um, but then you went, Godzilla! Godzilla! Like a massive racist. And we're like, <laughs> yeah, he's also in Godzilla. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, he's quite young here. He's very young. He still young. looks exactly the fucking same, but he's still got that stupid smile on his face. Like he's one of these, he's like one of those wee guys that's always looked 40. Yeah, so I mean, this is even before like Ferris Bueller. This was his like first big gig, wasn't it? I don't, I can't remember when Fer- Ferris Bueller was, but yeah, it was. Aye, it would have been probably. Yeah. Aye. I just kept referring to him in the notes as Ferris Bueller because I can't remember what his name is in the film. Um, I don't know if I know that information either. I've yeah. just wrote down Ferris Bueller. I don't know what you mean. But yeah, I I really enjoyed this. I enjoyed it more than I thought I would. Uh, it was cool. Like, I, I don't know. It was cool seeing so much of the technology of the time. I mean, like, for all intents and purposes, that guy was using internet. Mm, yeah. In 1983. Like, he was dialing up other computers in 1983. And, like, at the time, like, people would have just been, like... I mean, obviously, the, the technology was there and things like that did happen. But I don't know. Like, at the time, no one would have ever thought what that would turn into. Like that, fifteen years later, like you'd be able to like look up naked people, and not just like dial up phones and stuff like that. Well, yeah. So, like, he obviously hacks into a government computer, but like hacking itself, like at this point in time, wasn't actually illegal. The computer misuse act didn't come until nineteen ninety. Really? Yeah. And and I love that he's just using like Microsoft DOS, yeah. and he's just. <laughs> typing fucking random commands until something happens. Um, but yeah, I read a thing as well that says, like, the release of this film, like, I don't know what they were thinking, but 
obviously it resulted in a substantial spike in interest in computer hacking. Because and... everyone saw I can change my fucking grades. Yeah. That's amazing. Um, and it says like the industry was forced to make several seemingly obvious changes like creating accounts with default rather than no password on newly installed systems. Um, and yeah, I think it was just assumed at that point in time that most computer systems would only be accessed by the kind of authorised people and the odds of someone breaking in was kind of very low. Um I mean, to be fair, most people would not have their computer attached to any sort of phone line. Mm. But the people that did would be because there was important shit on it (laughs) that you don't want folk fucking with. But yeah, no, there was loads of cool stuff like that in the film. Like, I I just, I found it quite fascinating. And like, there there was a good bit of humour in it as well. Mm. Like throughout, like, I can't remember who it was that said, but I've got a note down here that someone had said, oh who suggested the first life form without sex and then someone's like your mom you know your wife oh that was like in the classroom or something yeah (laughs) which was good and obviously he was just trying to get flung out of class so that he could get the password so he could then change his grades because why Mm. go to school if you can just change your grades Mm. man after my own heart Mm. um but yeah definitely the earliest i don't know overt use of the internet that i can remember in a film But I'm sure there is other examples, but it, yeah, I don't know. It just it felt so overt. I just, it just felt like it was like a total precursor to the internet, obviously. Yeah. And I found that really fascinating. Um, I, th- I thought the two computer nerds that he goes to see, they were funny. Like they were just the sort of stereotypical, oh my goodness, I'm going to explode my trousers if a woman walks in here type of, type of guys. Yeah. You know what I mean? That, like. Yeah. And that, that's the thing you did get a lot of like stereotype stuff back then, but like they just, I uh, they just seemed like two people that couldn't communicate to people in general. Yeah, the professor Stephen Falcon, who, um, so he is presumed dead at the kind of early on in the film, but mm-hmm. it turns out he's actually still alive, and they yeah. sort of hushed him away. Um, but the the writer's main inspiration for that character was, as you may assume, Stephen Hawking. Um, and he was approached to appear in the movie, but he declined because he didn't want the producers exploiting his disability, apparently. So... You think he does just take the cash? Mm, he doesn't need the money. That's true. That's true. But yeah, no, I, I, th- I thought the story was pretty good. Like, it was interesting, obviously, like, that... It was the US versus the Soviet Union. You're like, mm, topical. Uh, but yeah, it was just like a big game of battleships almost, sort of. Yeah, there was a few... <laughs> I mean, it like, wasn't that type of game, but it was it was that sort of thing. Yeah, there was a few kind of bits, though, where like you kind of go, oh, as if that's really going to, like, I don't know, happen, or... Oh, they took plenty of liberties. Like, yeah. I don't know, but I feel like at the time when that film came out, you could get away with a lot more of that. Mm-hmm. Like, the computer that was doing it all was that big... I mean, it looked like a fucking elephant, and it was called the Whopper. Which... And it just... Every time they showed you, there was just random lights flashing <laughs> and not flashing. You're like, what the fuck is that meant to be? Like, but again, back then, like, nobody would have known any better than, oh, that looks fucking impressive, doesn't it? That big fucking metal thing over there. Um, but even just stuff like I don't know when he got um, when he got caught and then had to be ta- like he was taken to sort of the base where the game the game computer system was and then he was left in a room by himself and 
you escaped out the building with a tour group. Like you're just about like it's a wee bit far fetched. But okay. it is, yeah, I mean, he, Ferris Bueller knew all the tech because he gets sent into that room and within about two minutes he's fashioned some sort of hacking device, has the panel off, it short circuits the panel, gets out, manages to lock it behind them. Like, yeah. I mean, for someone that's supposedly unable to get any sort of grades at high school, like, <laughs> he's pretty fucking smart. Um, there is, of course, a little love interest throughout the film because what film wouldn't have a, a you know romantic element as well so he him and his little girl pal share a, a kiss on the boat don't they it's the most awkward fucking kiss of all time <laughs> i was fucking mortified for them absolutely mortified like it just i mean i don't know if it's the case obviously but it just smacked of Take 47, right, do the kiss, and then they will eventually just start fucking use that one. Oh, my God. These people have never kissed anyone in their life, and they just had to get out of it. Like, it just... I it was really fucking awkward. Really fucking awkward. But, yeah, I liked the dynamic between the two of them. Like, it was that general... Obviously, being in 1983, the whole film had, like, a very 80s vibe. But... Yeah, I don't know. I just, I really, I did really enjoy it. And it's just, it's a type of film that, like, for many reasons, just can't be made these days. Like, you can't, you couldn't make a a film with that level of ignorance about technology anymore. <laughs> and so, it's the type of film that you're just not going to get anymore. Yeah, you true. have to go back and watch the old ones of that time. Mm. And, like... Yeah, I don't know. It's just it's just really cool. Like I, I I really enjoyed it. Um, and so yeah, near the end, like those they're on the beach. They've tried to get Falcon to help them. He at that point has denied them that, and so they're on the beach and they're talking about how the fact that no one else knows that the world's about to end, but them and like they there's so much stuff that they wish they could have done. And he's obviously sitting here on a beach at night with this girl that he really likes. She really likes him. And then he starts going, I always wanted to know how to swim. You're like, ah, for fuck's sake, mate, lose your virginity. <laughs> <laughs> you wanted to learn how to swim. Shut the fuck up. Right? Even if that is the case, read the room and shut the fuck up. But no, Ferris Bueller can he do it. Yeah, yeah. And then obviously the lad turns up in the helicopter and then they go and save the day. And I did think it was funny that, so, I mean, he gets arrested for the hacking, mm-hmm. which apparently isn't illegal, but, I mean, I guess if you're doing it to a government a government agency, yeah. then they've probably got their own rules. So he gets arrested, he breaks out, he gets away, so that's another law he's broken. But he goes back, they save the day, and then it's just fucking high fives all round. Well done. You're the man. Who's the man? You're the man. Off you go. On you go, scam. On you go. Like, surely there's still an arrest to be made there. Yeah, you would think so. <laughs> it's just you're all right. forgotten. They're mm-hmm. fucking all high-fiving him. Mm-hmm. Like, he's getting a knighthood. Mm-hmm. And you're like, you fucking arrested him. And I mean, it was out. an innocent mistake to begin with, so... Yeah. Yeah, it definitely was, but... Now, I don't have the numbers. The budget was £12 million, but I don't know what it took. 
Yeah, so obviously, as you said, budget was twelve million. How much do you think it grossed domestically? I mean, I don't know what the cinema nineties was like. Cheap. <laughs> Not to say it didn't make a lot of money, but cheap. Fourteen. No, I actually made seventy nine. Okay. Seventy nine million five hundred and sixty seven thousand six hundred and sixty four dollars. Was pretty good. Yeah. Obviously, I mean, I don't know how long we will continue to do this podcast. And, you know, but I just, I mean, you know, fast forward 20 years time, like how will that number be, I don't know, generalised when you get the likes of like the film we were talking about earlier, The Grey Man, that went to Netflix? Because... That's not got a box office stats. It's got Netflix yeah, like subscription stats. So I, I just, I'd be interested to see how, you know, within time, how that evolves and how, you know, the success of a film is then measured the from yeah, a mon- monetary point of view. Completely changes. Yeah. Just completely changes. You can't quantify the, like something like the Grey Man because you can look at subscribers, but like I don't know, it's not like all Netflix subscribers were like, oh, the Grey Man. Like some people even listen to this podcast, they'll be like, what the fuck are they talking about? Yeah. I suppose like, viewers, like, they can look at the amount of people who've watched it. But... Yeah, you'll get stuff like that, but even that, like, if Netflix wants to, they can inflate the fuck out of that. Mm-hmm. You can inflate the fuck out of how much money a film is made because that's, like, illegal. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, yeah, no, you're right, it is interesting. Uh, so we also got some feedback on the film. Um, Patrick... Falia said War Games and Cloak and Dagger are my favourite movies from the 80s both are great video games too uh, Air Gammon said one of my favourites Squinny said he watched it yesterday for the first time I enjoyed most of it and I really like the concept but I can't help but feel it was just a little too long so me and Squinny have actually agreed on that quite a few times, like just films that just like could just have been a wee bit tighter. Mm. I must say it's, it didn't it wasn't really something that came to my mind while I was watching it. Um I, I did I didn't notice that, but I'm certainly mostly on board with Squinny with that because I always think the films can be a wee bit shorter. Um Vox Eight said this is still an amazing movie. Uh, Swedish War Goat said, I thought it was cool when I was a kid. I haven't seen it during my adult years, but perhaps today's the day. And Liam said, I love war games, watched it so much as a kid. Would you like to play a game? And so, yeah, a lot of love for it. Like, it's it's clearly one that a lot of people hold dear. And I can certainly see that now. Like, even not having the nostalgia for it, like, I enjoy that. I would happily watch it again. Yeah. So I, I would say it holds up if you are someone that watched it when you were a kid and haven't seen it since. Yeah, same. I am, I'm sticking with a four again this week that's two weeks in a row that i've upped to a four which um four's the new three apparently well yeah what's your score i would go four as well yeah i've got the the kind of listener votes and again four stars top the charts um 41 percent of the votees gave it four good yeah I, i feel like obviously since we have branched out a little bit from the strict parameters of video game films like we are starting to see higher scores from both us and the audience i mean Mm. there was obviously some of the video game 
games that uh, sorry films that I was like yes this is so shit it's fucking amazing <laughs> but um, I think just in general we are at the moment watching a higher quality I would say of films yes in general yeah so next week, I don't uh, know if the, this will hold true to next week because we are going a little bit rogue again next week. So we're going to go for the Black Mirror interactive episode. So this is kind of like a game, but yeah. kind of like a TV show. Bandersnatch, I think it's called. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so this has been nominated multiple times by Ryan and we're finally going to do it, if nothing else, just so that he gets off my back about it. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I mean, I like Black Miller, Black Miller. I like Black Mirror, and I like interactive stuff. But I've never actually seen this. Like when it first came out, I did not hear great things. Mm. And even Ryan said, "I it's not great, but you should still cover it." And I was like, "Cool." Yeah. So hopefully, if it's bad, it's something that we can take the piss out of, and we don't just rock up next week and go, "Well, that was a lot of shit, and it was boring as fuck." And fuck you. Because, yeah, hopefully it's entertaining. Yeah. And if not, it's probably only like an hour. Yeah, exactly. Um, So as always, if you want to join in and play, watch um, this as well, then you can do so and then head to puredeadgaming.com and cast your vote on how many pies you would rate it. Payage. So, yeah, let's wrap things up for this week. Pick of the week time. Pick of the week. Pick of the week. Pack of the week, pack of the week, pack of the week, pack of the week. Yes, so what I've gone with is Multiverse, which I haven't played yet. We've spoke about it numerous times on the podcast. It's the Smash Brothers style game that has a lot of characters, got like Scooby-Doo characters in it, Batman, like Harley Quinn, like a lot of people like that. And... It was in beta last week and closed beta. And then this week it enters open beta. And it's getting really good word of mouth. Like People seem to be really enjoying it. And it's on all platforms. So it's a good one that anyone can pick up and play. A lot of really well-regarded characters. And yeah, that's what I've decided to go with. But it's going to be controversial because... Today, as of recording, reviews came out for Xenoblade Chronicles 3. And I believe it's got like a 90 on Metacritic. Okay. Either either that or Open Critic, one of the two. It's very high anyway, it's reviewing really well. I don't know a fucking thing about it. I've seen the front cover. It's not my type of thing. <laughs> it's just not. Like I, I know people think I hate the Switch. I don't hate the Switch, but I do hate some of the games. Like, I love Mario, love a lot of the games, but I don't know this. I don't even, it's just not my type of thing. Like, but I can totally understand why we're going to get, like, a nail bomb through the post about how it should have been Xenoblade Chronicles. So, by all means, check it out if it's your type of thing. It's apparently amazing. But I've decided to go with Multiverse just because free to play, it's on a platforms everyone can get involved and it's meant to be good so Sounds good. if you're a massive nerd pick up xenoblade chronicles and if you're a normal human and you just want to be shaggy or scooby-doo then multiverse up okay 
Yeah, and on that note, as always, thank you for listening and we hope you enjoyed this week's episodes. We are, as always, working behind the scenes to bring you more exciting content, but if you do have any feedback or suggestions, then don't hesitate to get in touch. You can reach out through the contact form on our website, DM us on Twitter, or you can join our Discord. And yeah, we hope you come back next week for another Pure Dead Gaming Podcast episode. Thanks very much. Ta-da bye!